Is your self-identity getting in the way of starting your new business or even growing in your business or even pivoting and evolving with your business? Maybe you are so connected to who you used to be or who you are right now that you find it unfathomable or just difficult to step into a better version of you because it means leaving a big part of you behind. If that's you, then Melissa Lynn, the coach that we interviewed in our last episode, she has become a chameleon. She's become the person to go to to find out how do I evolve. She used to be a chemical engineering whiz. That's what she did for a job. She then created a separate identity as a fitness coach and then she grew into a business coach persona. Each transition, by the way, it's not an easy one. So you definitely need to go back to last episode and listen to my interview with Melissa Lynn. This is the companion episode. My name is Ina Coveney. I am an online presence expert for online coaches, and I am here to teach you the three things that Melissa Lynn is doing very right in her business, and you should start doing right now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while your daughter is going, mommy, 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 read my story, read my story, read my story, take 30 seconds, pause the podcast, listen to her story, give her a ton of validation for doing an amazing work, and take advantage of that break to head over to the review section of your podcasting app, leave a five-star review, and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. But before we get to the teaching, we are going to answer some of your questions. To leave me a question for this segment, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, leave your question there, and I will answer it on the air. Our first question today comes from Andrew O'Malley. He's a high-performance coach, and you can find him on Instagram at andrewomalley.co, and that's Mally that ends with an E-Y. All right. So his question is, I'm wondering how to really dig deep into my customer's pain point. I feel like I could get more specific or find better problems my services would help customers overcome. Andrew, you just hit my soft spot. This is what I like to talk about, which is you're going to be very familiar with this term already market research. But how do you do market research? How do you find out what the real pain points are? You got to be asking the right questions. So I'm going to separate this question into two parts. Okay. Part number one is low hanging fruit. Do you want some quick tips on how to know what the real pain points are for your audience? I'm going to give you some quick tips, something that you can go and do right now to find out what those pain points are. And then I'm going to give you the more advanced version, the more involved, the one that takes a little bit more time, but it's going to give you so many good results. Okay. Why don't we start with the low hanging fruit? How do you find out you guys, um, going on Facebook groups, it's gold for market research. Because when people have a question, especially if they don't have a coach to go to, if they feel identified in a particular group, they're going to go to that group and they're going to ask that question right there. So the first step that you need to do is to join some of the groups where your client is hanging out. And that could be, it's very easy to find. It's not really that hard. You just go to whoever you believe is ahead of you in your niche. 
Okay. So uh, for me, you know, it's business coaches, right? So I would go to seven figure business coach um, Facebook groups and that's where their audience is hanging out. And those audiences are full of my ideal clients because I'm a business coach and they are following a business coach. So right there, I know that that's my people. Now I'm not going to Facebook groups to poach. That is wrong. That is icky. I don't want anybody to come to my groups and try to drive people away, right? But one thing that I always welcome in my groups is people coming and engaging and answering questions and being helpful. And when you are being helpful helpful to somebody else, they will naturally have an attraction for you and they're going to want to look you up. So don't go on to groups and, and poach people, but you can go to groups and watch, you can look up, there's a search bar for each group. You can look up what is it that they are asking about. Type in the search bar the word help. What are people looking for help with, right? And if you find people that you're like, hmm, I wish I could dive in more, submit a question to that question, submit a comment to that question and say, hey, can you explain a little bit deeper why you need to know this? right? Or um, explain to me the, the context of your struggle a little bit. Not with those words. That sounds very, very stuffy. But if somebody's asking a question about something that you can answer, answer the question and then ask them more questions. Hey, did I get that right? Or is there another context that you can give me? But by interacting with them in the wild, where they are right now, you're going to get so much more insight. So if you feel like you haven't gotten to the actual point to the actual pain point, or you feel like there's more pain points that you could be addressing, go to those Facebook groups and see what they're asking about and ask probing questions. Ask them to elaborate for you. That's the low-hanging fruit. Some other people have also suggested, which I think is genius. I've never actually done this. I may have even suggested it to clients in the past. I've never done it myself, but it sounds like a great idea. If you go to Amazon and you look up books um, that speak to what you talk about, right, for high performance, Right. Uh, if I were there, I would be looking for, you know, Gary V's books. I'd be looking for people who have been published. Susie Moore, people who have been published. You go to the reviews, ignore the great reviews, go to the bad reviews. All right. Go to the, the, the one star reviews and see what are people complaining about? What pain point was that book not able to solve? And that's how you know, because it's the angry people that are going to be the most honest, right? So you'll be able to discern, right? Like if there's somebody that says, well, I never got my copy, that's not helpful. But if somebody says, well, this sounds like too simplistic because it doesn't fit to my case because my case is different. Ah, there's a learning opportunity for you. Is there any way you can create content to speak to that kind of person? So that's another way to go and find out more pain points from your audience. I hope that's helpful. But if you really want to take this to the next level, here's the, the <laughs> my cousins would say, the God level of this game, right? Which is to actually run market research interviews. So I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you, I have a group, I have a membership group, it's called the Global Masters. I love the name. I love that group so much. And what we do there is we help each other get leads. We help each other get clients. That's the focus of the group is to improve your online presence so that you can get better leads. And we do that very, very effectively. That's kind of where we hang out. And one of the things that we do is help each other with getting market research interviews, is help each other with, okay, what questions do we ask? Um, so actually in my lead generation bundle, if you have haven't heard about it, if you go to 30days30leads.com, 30days30leads.com, you can download my 30-day calendar with simple activities to get you leads. And one of the things that you get in the bundle 
is my lead to client interview script. This is a script that my clients were using to do market research and it ended up getting them clients. And it's not an, it's not a, it's not an error. It's not, it's not a clerical, clerical error, the fact that this is happening. This is something that is very intentional. When you sit down with a, to do a market research interview, there's an exchange in there. They are giving you their time for you to give them something else. I usually offer a half an hour of coaching for a half an hour of market research time, and they feel like they're getting something out of it. I feel like I'm getting something out. It's an equal exchange. But they get to learn about you and about your products in a very low-pressure environment where they feel like they're gaining something and helping you out. So what better way to talk about your products than in a no pressure way? 50% of my clients in the year 2020 came from my market research interviews. So if you're ready to really step it up and start to get to meet your ideal clients face to face and let them know this is what I have to offer so that they are aware of it, so that they will sign up to work with you, you will want to do face-to-face market research calls. And by face-to-face, I mean, you know, Zoom is fine. I would not do them over the phone. I would not send out a survey. I always get this question, can I just send them a survey to fill out? No, please don't do that. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You're creating all of this work and it's not going to give you the results you need. Why? Because we don't type the way that we talk. If I, if you were asking me a question in a survey and I really went to town, right? Suppose that I have no filter and I just wrote to you a novel answering that question. I'm going to tell you right now, after I finish writing it, if I really went overboard and I start rereading it, I'm going to want to cut it down. I'm going to probably do control A, delete, <laughs> select all, delete this whole thing. I don't think that's what they were asking me about. Let me just answer in three sentences, right? So the way that we type is not the way that we talk. And you will want to catch people, those nuances when they're answering a question so that you can follow up and be like, wait, I noticed some hesitation there. Can you tell me what that was about? Have you ever felt this way? Have you ever felt that way? It allows you to improvise based on the answers you're receiving. So please don't send a survey. Don't put, don't attach a $10 Amazon gift card. I've done this. I did this in the first year of my business. I attach a $10 Amazon gift card for anybody who will fill out my survey. Most useless exercise I ever did. And I was out however many bucks I ended up buying for Amazon gift cards. Don't do that. Offer coaching so that you know that they need you, right? They would not sit down with you unless you they were your ideal client and talk to them. So I really hope that is helpful, Andrew, and for everybody else listening. The next question comes from Lindsay Ralston. She is at allaboutarkansas.com. Her question is, at the beginning of December... I started a Facebook group for my niche site. Surprisingly, I got around 150 members in one month. Congratulations, Lindsay, that's great. One of the group rules is no self-promotion. A friend of mine is a member and she shared a link to her website. What should I do? Let it slide once? Okay, Lindsay, um, I feel like I have an answer for you. So if I had a group and there was no self-promotion and a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine that I love posts their website, the first thing I'm going to do is send them a message and say, hey, (laughs) 
Um, we have a rule of no self-promotion, but to let you know, on Tuesdays, I have a self-promotion thread. So feel free to wait until Tuesday and put it there. But in the meantime, do you mind deleting it for now? Don't worry. I, there's going to be plenty of opportunities in the group for us to cross-promote each other. I can talk about your business in the context of mine. Like give them, give them opportunities. If they're your friend, you want to advertise the services, you really want to help them out, offer them that you know, that lifeline and say like, if you delete that comment for me, don't worry, we'll collaborate at some point. I'll interview you in the group at some point, right? But don't do it that way because then it's going to give everybody else ideas, right? They should understand. They're like, okay, no problem. Let's set up our next live, right? If you don't want to offer anything back, you don't have to just say like, hey, uh, you know, this is super, super awkward. I hate that I have to do this, but just to be fair to everybody and to not give everybody else ideas, do you mind removing that link? So the reason I would do it that way is number one, it educates them, right? It sets that boundary, it educates them. Number two, uh, because you know, if they do it once and you don't stop them, they're going to do it again. And it's not because they're trying to be mean, it's because they're not aware of the rules. Maybe they're not people who are always on Facebook and they're familiar with every rule, rule regulation. We're all guilty of clicking next and next and okay whenever we see terms and conditions. It's no different with group rules. We feel like we already know them and you like we just roll our eyes and we say okay. So it's possible that she just is not aware. Okay, so I, I understand the fear of, oh, now you're in this position of authority and now you have to tell your friend to do something. And that is awkward. That is awkward. But, you know, do it with kindness. They will understand the, the sentiment and they will remove it. Um, here's one thing that I will tell you that happened to me. It's just this is a little technical side note. I once posted on one of my Facebook groups as one of my Facebook pages. Um, and I did that by mistake. I actually didn't want everybody to know that I had that Facebook page. So when I went to my Facebook group and I saw that my Facebook page had posted in my group, I'm like, oh shoot, this is not meant to be here. And I went to remove it. Now, Facebook knew that I was an administrator of the group and that I was removing a post made by a member, the member being my page. So when I tried to remove it, it popped up asking me, did this person violate any rules? And I just, I glanced at it. I'm like, no, it doesn't look like, I just left all the defaults. Like, no, this person didn't violate anything. You don't have to let them know that they violated anything. I just, you know, saw the defaults. They look good. And I pressed okay. And then Facebook decided to ban me, me, ban me from posting on Facebook groups that I didn't own for five days. And there was a, like, it told me right there, you can't post in a group because you failed uh, some rules and you have to wait five days. And here's a button to appeal. And I'm like, what happened? That wasn't me removing my own post. And I didn't even say that this person violated anything. So I don't know what the rules are. And by the way, I clicked on appeal, but the appeal process takes weeks. So I had to wait my five days before I had to post. It was really annoying before I could post. Um, but what I wanted to tell you was that might be the case when you remove somebody's post, it's possible that there are some consequences. So it's always best if you don't want that to happen, it's always best to reach out and say, do you mind removing it yourself? Okay. Otherwise you can also turn on uh, Facebook group moderation. And that means that whenever anybody tries to post, it comes through you and you can approve it or not. 
right? That's also another possibility. Um, however, if they just submitted a comment, um, you have the ability to hide those comments. You have the ability to delete the comment because it's your group and there's no consequences there. So it's okay to remove comments if you want to. I don't think anything is going to happen there. So I really hope this is helpful and that it gives everybody a little bit of a a little bit of technical background on Facebook group moderation and keeping your boundaries uh, ready. All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay and Andrew, for your questions. If anybody else has a question, remember, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com and your question there and I will answer it on the air. All right. Are you ready to learn? Let's go. All right, are you ready to learn the three things that Melissa Lynn is doing very right in her business and you should start doing right now? Let's get to it. Let's just jump in. Number one, she created systems that are ready for the next step. So let me ask you a question. You are here because you're an online coach and you want to grow your business and you want to get more clients, right? You want to get more leads. You want to get more clients. You want all the things. You want the money and the 10K months and, and the big audiences and all that stuff. If I gave you 30 clients tomorrow, would you be able to accommodate them? Usually the answer is no. So that is one thing that Melissa, she prioritizes in her business. She says, I need to be ready for that next step. So she created systems in her business to be able to accommodate 50 more clients, a hundred more clients, a thousand more clients. So make sure that whatever you're doing right now is not just to serve you for the next three months. Make sure it's ready to serve you for the next year. If you were to get the number of clients that you're hoping for, can you accommodate them without burning yourself out? So if you would like more tips about that, definitely come to the Facebook group, theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook and ask us questions. Ask us how we do it. Ask us, um, you know, how do you start to scale? Let us know. We can help you out specifically for your business. So don't forget that that community is right there for you. Okay. Number two thing that Melissa Lynn does very right. She focused on one offer. And she took it to 10 figures a month before she even added another offer. So this is one thing that was fascinating for me to hear because um, like I said in the interview when I was, uh, when I was talking to her, um, she basically paints a real picture of her first two years in business where she was trying all the things. She was watching everybody and doing and mimicking, doing the same thing. It wasn't until she got herself a business coach that she finally started changing things. And one of the things that she changed was that she had way too many offers. She was trying to please way too many people. She was trying to create all sorts of small offers for everybody to come and join, but that's way too much overhead. You realize how much work it is to launch a different thing every single week or every single month? What if you only had one offer that you know works, that people are happy with, that you've gotten testimonials about, and just promote that? How much less work would you have to do in your business if you just had to focus on selling one single product that you know works? That's all. You're, you just become a promotion machine. You just have to show up to sell rather than continuing to spin your wheels, creating more products and creating more programs and more opportunities um, for more people. Focus on one. And if it works, if it's something that you have tested, that you've gotten clients through, that you have testimonials about, 
that is the thing that is going to help you break through. So focus should be our word for 2021. Focus on one program that you know works and sell that alone. And the last thing that Melissa Lynn is doing very right, she focused on client results rather than follow numbers. If there's one thing that I want you to do right now is to go to her Instagram is the Melissa Lynn at the Melissa Lynn. Go to her Instagram. I want you to notice that all she posts, she posts kind of like mini blogs, right? Like the description is usually beefy. She tells you a story. She gives you a lesson. Take a look at the pictures. This is something that we didn't dive into the interview. This is something that me with an online presence expert lens, I'm looking at it. And at what this is what I see. She has all of these pictures from all of these photo shoots she has ever done. And she just posts them. She doesn't spend her time creating the latest Canva beautiful picture or the latest uh, phrase, right? The quotes and the all of that stuff. She has a process that works because all she needs to do is keep Instagram flowing with content. She has completely automated that process. She's not on social media every single day posting these things. She has somebody else that does it for her. And it's a very simple task. All she has to do is create the content. She doesn't have to worry about the Canva design. She doesn't have to worry about what is this person going to post. Her VA just has to look at her pictures, pick one that hasn't been posted before and post it with her content. She has made things so easy because if she was really focused on the follow numbers, right, she would probably start to get more creative with the feed. Instead, she said, that's not important. It's not important to, go, to follow the latest trends on Instagram. I want to nurture my audience because it's more important to me that 50% of my followers turn into clients than to have 100,000 followers where only 1% is clients. So what does she do? She focuses on nurturing her audience rather than following the uh, shiny object syndrome and start to experiment with all sorts of different posts. She knows what she's doing. And her focused approach is what is she's taking to the bank. So think about yourself for a second. If you have been in business for a little while, which one illustrates you better? Which one describes you the best? The person who is trying all the things and every month they're reinventing the wheel? Or the person who has chosen one offer that they know works, that you, know, you may continue to experiment, experiment with the price, that's okay. But it's only that one offer for that one ideal client and all you do is promote, right? All you do is promote that and sell more of that to your audience. Which one is you? We all have to strive to be more like Melissa Lynn, all right? Number one, create systems that are one step ahead from where you are right now. Number two, focus on one offer and sell it to your audience. And number three, Focus on getting client results, not on how many people follow you. Now, that's not to say that growing your audience is not going to be an important part of your business. It certainly is. It certainly has helped Melissa to have thousands of people following her on Instagram. But that's not her primary concern. Okay? Being on this podcast is a way for her to grow her audience. Now you guys know who she is if you didn't before. She's growing her audience as she goes. 
but it's not her sole focus. All right. It's lower in the, in the list of priorities for her business. So I hope this has been helpful and that it helps you create a clear plan for this year for how you're going to take your business to the next level. And that's through focus, clarity, and just doing one thing that works. So how did that feel? Do you feel like you walked away with a little bit more information, a little bit more knowledge about your business? Then I've done my job. Make sure to hit subscribe because next week, in the next episode, we have Sue B. Zimmerman, the amazing Instagram expert. In fact, you can find her on Instagram at the Instagram expert. I can't believe I had a chance to really pick her brain and to learn more about her story in a way that she has never shared it before. So make sure to hit subscribe for that episode. And if you have any questions for the companion episode, remember to go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, enter your question, and I will answer it on the air. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.